Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. I am so excited about this series, The Power to Change, The Power to Change. Today we're talking about the four things that um, you can't change without. And I wanna talk about this because I believe every one of us in this room have some area in our life that we'd like to see some change happen. We, we wanna see change. It might be um, in your marriage, it might be in your finances, it might be in your waistline. I don't know where you wanna see change. I pray that all the time. God help me change my waistline. But we have different things that we wanna change. And, um, it, and it might not always be a, a negative thing. Sometimes God challenges us uh, to change in different areas of our life. See, I, I love our church because we're real. We're down to earth. We're not, we're not a fake church here. We're not going to act like we have it all together. Let me tell you a secret about the person you're sitting next to right now. Look at that person next to you. That person is jacked up, okay? <laughs> they got just as many issues as you do. So don't come in here looking at the people on your row and thinking they've got it all together. They just, they might look nice on the outside, but we all have issues. And what that means is that we all have things that we need to change in our life. And, and really you don't even have to be jacked up to have things that, uh, that you want to see God work on in your life. I've been uh, saved for over 30 years now and I, and I still feel like every week God is challenging me in different areas of my life where, where he's showing me, Dan, you need to change in this area and being a father. You need to change in this area and being a husband. You need to change in these different areas of your life. And, and we see that God will continue to challenge us and continue to move us on, whether or not we feel like we've got disasters in our life. It, it might just be some area of our life where he wants to take us from good to better. He wants to change us. But have you ever noticed that not everybody who wants change gets it? Not everybody who wants to be skinny ends up being skinny. Not everyone who wants to get out of debt ends up getting out of debt. Not everyone who wants a good marriage has a good marriage. Not everyone who wants to follow Jesus with their life ends up living in the type of life that, that truly is following Jesus. So what I wanna to talk to about today is the fact that there are certain things that we need to understand uh, come with change. That, that you can't avoid these things. If you want to have change in your life, these things will occur. And by recognizing this, by understanding that we have to have these things in our life if we're going to have change, they come with it, that'll help us from getting discouraged. So I wanna talk today about four things that you can't change without. So let's just be honest, how many of you in here have at least some area in your life you'd like to see God change today? All right, let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you are the God who changes us, that, that every one of us that are in a relationship with you, we're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has begun, and we thank you for that. And I pray today 
for every person in this room that might be discouraged because we feel like we want to see change. We want to see different areas of our life um, make a difference, but we feel like we've struggled. We've tried for so long. Well, God, we pray that there'd be breakthrough today. We pray that you give us the power to change in the different areas that you're leading us to today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about a story found in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah is a, a book written about a man who is a leader. It's a great book on leadership. I want to encourage you, if you're in any form of leadership, to read this book. You'll get so much out of it. But just to kind of summarize what's taking place, Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king of Persia. And in this period of time, uh, he comes to find out that the walls around Jerusalem have been torn down. In fact, they had been in ruins for over 120 years. When he comes to realize this, it saddens him. And he thinks, you know what? I need to do something about this. It's not okay that, that our defenses are down, that our city could be destroyed. It could be attacked at any time. We want to see change. And he was the type of person who could even convince a king to do something about this. So he goes and he gets permission from the king of Persia. Would you let me go and see if I can't do something about this? I want to change my city. And we see that he gets permission and he goes to Jerusalem. In a short period of time, he is able to rally people around him and he gets everyone involved in change. I mean, everyone, we're talking goldsmiths, we're talking teachers, we're talking stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, we're getting everybody involved. And I love that because it's a beautiful picture of how the body of Christ works now. That change is not just for some people. When God moves and he wants to do a work, it's for all of his people. That's why it's so important that we recognize that when he, our church ever gets involved in something like 40 days of prayer, it's not just for some people where we'd watch other people get changed and other people get blessed. It's for everyone. It's for all the stay-at-home moms and dads and the real estate agents and the, the mechanics and the business owners. It's for everyone to get involved. God wants to see us all get involved in change. And what we see in the book of Nehemiah is as they begin this work, as they begin rebuilding the walls and making some changes and rebuilding some things in their lives, that there are some difficulties that came along with this change. And I wanna, I wanna go ahead and dive right into it. I wanna talk about these difficulties because there's four things that, that come with change. Let's, let's go ahead and look right here. Nehemiah, uh, let's get into scripture. Nehemiah 4.1 says this. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. Let's just stop right there. Do you realize that not everyone is gonna be happy for you when you decide to make changes in your life? It's gonna make some people really angry. If you decide to make a change, not everyone's gonna be your cheerleader. It's gonna tick some people off. Let me tell you, single adults or, or young men, young women in this room, let me tell you, if you make a decision that you wanna make changes in your life and you wanna stay pure till you're married, not everyone's gonna be happy with that decision. It might only be a couple people, but it's gonna tick some people off. If you decide you're gonna start budgeting and spending your money differently, not everyone is gonna be happy with that. If you decide you're gonna start getting healthy, not everyone's gonna be happy with that decision. Have you ever noticed not everyone's happy with the decision for you to go to church every week? Not everyone's happy with the decision for you to start following Christ and letting him lead you in life. Not every, see, if you are going to make changes in your life and your expectation is that everyone is gonna just cheer you on, you are mistaken. Because we see here in scripture, it says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. 
He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates in the armies of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in the day? He's, he's questioning what they could even do. It's like, do they really think they're gonna get off of a drug just by going to church one time? Do they really think that they could fix their marriage by going to counseling once? Do they really think that just since they got some new spandex pants and some shoes, they're gonna lose all that weight? I mean, really? I wonder, do you have any sand ballads in your life? People that aren't so happy with your change. In fact, they, they ridicule that change. They, they come against that change. This is what Sam Ballot's doing. He says, can they bring these stones back to life in these heaps of rubble burned as they are? He's saying, this, this is a mess. This is a broken situation here. Well, let's point out the fact that, do you realize the, many of the times the places where we need change are the broken places of our life? I mean, that's why you want change. You want change because what you have isn't good. Maybe what's going on in your marriage right now is not good, so you wanna see change. What's going on in your health isn't good, you wanna see change. And what the enemy will do is he will tell you the very reason that you want the change is the reason you can't have it. He said, you can't have the change because it's broken. Like you really think you're gonna get a good marriage out of that man? Do you really think that God's gonna use you with all the past that you got going on? He'll look at the brokenness in our life and tell us that's why we can't have change, but that's why we need the change. And this is what Sam Ballard's doing. He's trying to point out, look, look they, they're broken, they're messed up. Why do they think that they can, they can change it all? And he goes on to say, but Tobiah the Ammonite, so here's another spectator, right? Sam Ballard's spectating, Tobiah's spectating too, uh, who was there at his side said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stone. So now he's mocking them. These men who are hard at work trying to rebuild something in their lives, trying to see change in their lives. He's mocking, look at that. <laughs> if even a fox ran on that wall, it would break that down. I mean, <laughs> come on. You, you really think just because you got a gym membership, you're gonna lose the weight this time. <laughs> right, I mean, you really think because you bought a 40 days of prayer book, you're really gonna change to become like super Christian this time. <laughs> he's mocking us now. Like he's mocking, do you really think that you can ever have changed. Do you really think you're gonna be a, a good Christian now? That brings us to the four things that I wanna talk about today or four things that you need to recognize if you want change, you can't change without these things. The first thing you can't change without, number one, is criticism. You cannot change without criticism. Criticism comes with change. If you and I decide we wanna see something different in our life and we wanna do life the way that God wants us to and we start following that, there are going to be people that criticize you and it's gonna come in all sorts of different forms because the enemy is going to try to criticize you. And the truth is there are those of you in this room that you, you, you've tried to change before and the first time you get criticized, you quit. And because you quit, you, you never see the change you really wanted to see all along. It says that the walls were halfway built up, then the criticism came. You ever notice, no one criticizes you when you're not doing anything. If you're just sitting on the couch, no one's gonna criticize you for that. 
No one's going to criticize you for eating too many brownies at the barbecue, right? Or eating too much. No, it's when you decide I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to start building. When you do that, then the criticism comes because criticism is poking fun at what you're willing to do that I'm not willing to do. It's like, if I'm willing to work on that area of my life, I'm not going to criticize you because I know how hard it is, but you're willing to work on an area that I'm not willing to work on. So now I'm going to start tearing you down because it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel insecure and inadequate because I'm not doing what you're doing. Realize criticism only comes to people who are building things, to people who are making change. A great example of this is I watch a lot of baseball. I love baseball. And uh, probably the most criticized team in the, the baseball league would be the New York Yankees. And it's because the New York Yankees, they invest more time and money and scouting and resources into their team. And they win more championships than anyone else. So since they are doing more than other teams are able to do, that's where all the criticism comes from. And in fact, you can turn on the television, you can go to Sports Center, and you're going to hear them talk about the Yankees every day. And normally there's nothing good that they're saying about them. They're, they're tearing them down because, because we're, we're criticizing them based on the fact that they're doing things that I haven't been able to do myself. And in fact, have you recognized that you'll never turn on Sports Center and hear about, you know, Uncle Joe's softball team? <laughs> Why? Because Uncle Joe's softball team, they don't do anything. They just drink beer in the parking lot. I mean, like, if, if you're going to do something with your life, it's going to be criticized. If you're going to make change, it's going to come with criticism. And that, see, anytime you receive a criticism, you got to re realize where it's coming from. Because again, a critic is poking fun at what you're doing that I'm not willing to do. So like what, you're saving money now? You're, you're, you're gonna get on a budget now? You're gonna cut up those credit cards now? What you're really saying, uh, what they're really saying is like, I'm not willing to discipline myself when it comes to that area. So it's, it's easier for me to mock you than do anything about it. Oh, you're gonna work on your marriage now. I know all that you've been through. It's like, what they're really saying is I'm not willing to work on my marriage or my health the way that you're working on. And, and this is where criticism comes from. No, what, you're gonna, you're gonna start tithing now. You're gonna start giving money to church. Don't you know all, all the churches talk about is money. And it's like, listen, that criticism comes because like your generosity is calling out their greed. So now they're saying, since I'm not willing to allow God to change me in that area, now I'm gonna start criticizing because it's easier for me to mock you because I'm unwilling to get my own hands dirty. And see, Sanballat and Tobiah, that's exactly what was taking place for them because they lived in Jerusalem. I mean, they, they walked around the same broken walls. They walked around the same rubble their entire life that, that now Nehemiah came and said, I'm gonna do something about so now that Nehemiah, they're all working, they're making changes there. It's like, man, I don't know if I want to get down and get sweaty and, and make changes here. I don't know if I want to do the hard work it's going to take. So it's a lot easier for me to call you out and mock you as opposed to, to me getting down into the nitty gritty of what's going on where I need change in my own life. See, criticism comes anytime that you want to make change in your life. And now let me hit the pause button because I think it's important to point this out. There's such, a, there's such a thing as good criticism, constructive criticism. You know, criticism can come that can build you up. And not every criticism is a bad thing. Like your boss, let me tell you something, your boss is not a hater, right? You just need to show up at work on time. That's the problem there. 
It's like, not every criticism that comes is gonna tear you down. Some of it is coming from people who love you, who are trying to build you up. But, but that's not what we're talking about today. There's criticism that'll build you, but what we're talking about today is criticism that comes to tear you down. And anytime you try to make a change in your life, you try to live your life the way that Jesus wants you to live your life, it, it's gonna come with criticism trying to tear you down. I, I, don't, I don't want to see you change. See, anytime you oppose the norm, like everyone's okay with you uh, doing things the same way they do it, but when you oppose the norm, now I'm uncomfortable. So everyone's okay with you eating too many brownies. and Everyone's okay with you staying out too late. Everyone's okay with you doing the same stuff, but as soon as you're like, no, I want a salad, people are like, what is wrong with you? Have you ever noticed that? It's crazy. But as soon as we oppose the norm, that's where the criticism comes. Guys, we're, we're part of a church that is gonna receive criticism because we're not going to be okay with the status quo. We're not gonna be okay with just the normal, like just get through life and be comfortable and just, just like don't ruffle too many feathers. No, because God has shown us we have, our city here needs his love. Our city needs to know that they can have a forever home in heaven with him through relationship with him. So he wants us to care. He wants us to say, it matters. I'm gonna have the tough discussion. I'm gonna ruffle the feathers. I'm gonna tell you that your way is, is, is not gonna lead to life. You need to go Jesus's way. Because listen, we need to be the voice of the church out there saying God has so much better for you. And when you do that, people are gonna criticize you. Man, don't you know, coming to Fellowship Church, we've heard the criticism over the years. They say crazy things about us. It's like, like saying things like, can you believe it? They just let anyone go to that church. <laughs> Duh, that's the point, people. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but anytime you oppose the normal, that's where criticism starts to come because wait a minute, your, your actions are calling out the fact that I, I'm not acting, I'm, I'm not moving forward. And we need to understand this because if you wanna change, you could be discouraged by all the criticism that'll come your way. But if you just recognize it's the enemy fighting against you, you're gonna recognize number one, you can't change without criticism. And then number two, you can't change without a challenge. You will not change without a challenge. The first criticism is gonna come. This is the mocking, this is the, the talking you down, but then comes a direct challenge, a direct battle. And we see it here. Um, let's go to verse seven. It says, so we rebuilt the wall till it had reached half its height. And for the people worked with all of their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone on ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Now they're no longer just talking. They're no longer just criticizing. There's a real fight, a real challenge that has just arrived. And anytime you are going to make a change, the enemy is first gonna try to, to, uh, to talk you down and then he's gonna try to push you down. He'll talk you down with criticism and then he'll try to push you down with a challenge. And, and this is when we've gotta start recognizing that the, the fight, the challenge is real. So you, you say, I wanna make a change in my life. I'm gonna start getting up and reading my Bible every, every day. I'm gonna get up and spend some time reading my Bible. That's when you're gonna realize that your alarm is driving you nuts and you're more and more tired and I don't wanna get out of bed right now. That's when it starts to get difficult. 
It's like, now you're being challenged. And, and you say, well, I wanna, I wanna work on changing my finances. I'm gonna get on a good budget and I'm not gonna spend so much money. That's when all the stores are gonna go on sale. And you're gonna be like, look, that dress I've wanted for so long, it's finally on sale. Babe, it's on sale, <laughs> right? Because it, it comes to challenge. You say, I wanna work on my marriage. That's when the enemy comes to challenge it. And you start hearing the worst advice ever on social media or, or on TV. It's like, it's like anytime we start making a change, don't you recognize the enemy is coming to challenge that chain, the change that's on its way. I don't know that for many of you, you started making this change saying, you know what? I wanna be involved in this 40 days of prayer and you immediately felt the challenge. It's like now your kids have got something going on on Tuesday night when you're planning on being there or on Wednesday night, or now your boss is calling you in and now there's all these different things going on. Your car, now you've got car troubles. It's like, I was expecting for this to be easy and there's a challenge. You're going, well, maybe I shouldn't do it. No, you should, because the, the thing is challenges come with change. Anytime we try to change something, there's a challenge. See, the, the Bible says that, so we rebuilt the wall till it reached half of its height. Someone say halfway, halfway, say halfway church, halfway. The enemy wants you to buy into your change halfway. He wants you to be part of a church halfway. He wants you to be part of your marriage halfway. He wants you to care about your health halfway because that's where we can get discouraged. When we're only halfway involved in something, if we can get discouraged and pull off of it, then we feel like we did invest, but we're not seeing the outcome and we're seeing the change. So we start to get confused. Is it really worth it what I'm doing right now? And see, this is where God is telling us anytime we follow him, we're supposed to follow him wholeheartedly. If it makes sense or not, we're supposed to go into the change and say, even though it doesn't make sense to me, I'm gonna do what God wants me to do today. I'm doing this all the way in because I want to see the change. And the challenge will come to try to get you to stop halfway. Guys, we need to understand that anytime you try to do something good, and you try to make a change for your life, it will come with a challenge. And I say this because I've seen so many people get confused by this and go, get so discouraged because we'll do something where we wanna see change and we'll expect that it'll look a certain way. And then once we get challenged, we're like, it's not working. <laughs> Like the amount of people I've talked to over the years that, that'll, that'll, you know, you'll expect if I start trusting God with tithing, then all of a sudden I'm gonna go home and there's gonna be like a check from Publishers Clearinghouse on my mailbox. And then I'm gonna get like a raise at work and everything's gonna be fine. And then you trust God and you're like, I'm gonna do it. And you, you tithe and you go home and get a bill in the mail and realize that your kids went over on their data and you owe an extra hundred bucks. And now you wanna kill your kids. And all you were trying to do is follow Follow God. Like, we ought to recognize it's just, it's just a challenge. And any time you're going to change, there's going to be a challenge. You're not going to get change without conflict first and, and, and criticism. And then you're not going to get the change without the challenge. And that brings us to the third thing. Change comes with discomfort. I wish I, I could have just kept these all starting with the letter C, that change would come uh, with comfort, but the truth is no change comes with comfort. Change only comes with discomfort because change is uncomfortable. Being on a budget, it's uncomfortable. 
You know, deciding that you're gonna get up and read your Bible, it's uncomfortable. Being in a new small group sometimes can be uncomfortable. Anytime you make change, it can be uncomfortable because like if you decide, I wanna work on my marriage, then, then working on your marriage doesn't mean changing them, it means changing you. So now it's like, now I've gotta be quiet when she's really ticking me off and I've got a lot to say right now, but I'm, I'm feeling like he's wanting me to, to be the one that's quiet. That's uncomfortable. You know, following Jesus is uncomfortable because Jesus says some, some crazy things. He says things like, bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse me. I don't wanna bless those who curse me. I wanna curse them back. I wanna punch them in the face, right? They cursed me. It, he'll, he'll say things like, do good to those who despitefully use you <laughs> or, or submit to all authority. Well, I'm okay with submitting to some authority, but not that authority. I didn't vote for that person, right? Wait, that's uncomfortable. See, our change is uncomfortable. We've got to recognize if we want to embrace change, we have to embrace being uncomfortable. Change comes with discomfort. See, we don't really want comfort. It's a weird thing that every one of us struggle with throughout our lives is, is like we try to do things in our life to make ourselves feel comfortable, but we don't want the byproduct of that comfort. Your comfort got you exactly what you have. Your comfort got you the, the struggle in your marriage that you're dealing with right now. Your comfort got you uh, the, the habits and addictions that you're dealing with right now. Your comfort got you exactly where you are financially. Your comfort has gotten you into a place where, where you're wanting change. And we've got to recognize if we're trying to have change and trying to have comfort at the same time, we're, all, we're going to be at war with ourselves. We've got to get to a point where we go, okay, I need to recognize if I want to have change, it's going to be uncomfortable. And I've got to just embrace it. Even though it's not what I expected, it's not what I wanted, I have to embrace it. It's what Nehemiah says. It's so interesting because as this whole process is taking place, he took a look around and it said this, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Let me remind you, church, remember the Lord. Your Lord is great and awesome. And that work that he's, that he's trying to get you to change and that, that desire he's put in your heart for you to see life differently and to move forward and to succeed. He is faithful to do that work. He's faithful to bring it to completion. So don't remember the negativity. Don't remember the challenges. Remember the Lord. Remember that he wants to do this good in your life. And that's what Nehemiah is saying here. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters and your wives and your home. And when the enemy heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. So you've got to shake off what the enemy has done. You've got to shake off your, your challenges and the criticisms you face and get back to work. From that day on, half of the men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armors. The officers posted themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. Now watch this. Those who carried materials did work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. So you're saying, wait a minute. 
The easy way to work would be to work with both hands, to stay focused on it. But the Bible here is showing that while they were working, what they had to do was uncomfortable. That in one hand, they got a trowel and they're working on the wall. And on the other hand, they realize they're still in a battle. So they're carrying a sword, working with one hand, fighting with the other. They say, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for a fight. I signed up to just see some change. I didn't want to get in a fight. I just wanted to see my marriage fixed. I didn't want to fight the enemy. I just wanted to get healthy. And see, we got to understand what the principle we learned from Nehemiah here is that if you want to take your faith seriously and your change seriously, we can't just go with being comfortable and working on the one thing that we think is in front of us. Sometimes it's uncomfortable when we have to do the work and while we're doing the work, we're fighting the enemy. I'm doing the work of working on my marriage, but I'm fighting the discouragement that's coming from the enemy. And I'm doing the work of working on my health, but I'm, I'm fighting the temptations that are gonna take me down a wrong road on the other hand. This is something that we have to take seriously. And Nehemiah said, we, we're taking it seriously. Verse 23 says, neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off their clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. I think there's too many of us that, that take our faith too lightly. That we're just, we're, we're too easy on the fact that like we put our guard down when we should be fighting. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna read my Bible, but then I'm gonna just let anything else come into my house and anything else be on television. Yeah, I'm gonna work on my marriage, but then I'm gonna have casual conversations with people I probably shouldn't have casual conversations with. Nehemiah saying, I want to have a change in my life to the point to where I'm not gonna let my guard down. That even when I'm going to do something as simple as refreshing myself with getting water, I'm gonna keep my sword up ready to rock because I recognize the enemy is trying to stop this change that's already taken place in me. And church, I hope we all get that in us. I hope we get some fight in us. I hope we get some fight in us to recognize like, like the enemy is trying to stop you. He doesn't want to see you change. And when you, when you recognize this, that it's, it's bigger than just a criticism, it's bigger than just a challenge, then you can start turning things around. And when the enemy's coming at you, throwing all, the, all, all this stuff at you, like, can you, you, you really, you go into church every week, you turn around on what, you're not? <laughs> like, I want to see change in my life and you can't do anything about it. So I'm going to continue doing what my God wants me to do, whether or not you have anything to say about it. And you can watch me change. Church, I hope we get some fight in us. Hope we get some fight because these things that come with, with change, they're, they're not easy. Criticism's not easy. Challenges are not easy. Okay, discomfort, it's not easy, but that brings us to the last thing before we close today. You don't get change without consistency. You don't get change without consistency. You don't, you don't get healthy by going to the gym one time. You, you know, your life doesn't turn around just by going to a small group one time. It takes consistency. In fact, change actually happens when you don't feel like it. Change happens on those days when, when, when you don't want to abstain. Change happens on those days when you don't want to read your Bible, but you do it anyway. When you don't want to go to church, but you do it anyway. When you don't want to respect your spouse, but you do it anyway. That's when change occurs. See, we have to embrace the fact that it's the times we don't want to. That's, that's when we have to get consistent and do it anyway. If you want to see change happen in your life, there has to be 
consistency. Would you stand to your feet with me? I want to I read one more scripture to you that I find really interesting on this consistency. We see in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, here's what Nehemiah observes. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of whatever. In 52 days. Let me break it down in English, okay? That's October 2nd, okay? Basically, it says this. After 52 days on October 2nd, the work was completed. Let me ask you a question. Is there something like spectacular about the day October 2nd? I mean, if it's your birthday, I'm sorry, I'm picking on the day, but no, there's not, right? It's it's just a day. What's what's so spectacular about October 2nd? Well, it's October 2nd that they went out and they looked around and recognized, oh, look, it's done. The changes occurred. Like we rebuilt something. It was broken down. There was a part of my life that was destroyed and I rebuilt it. And that day happened for them on October 2nd. Let me tell you something about your personal life, your walk with God. Is that if we continue, just like Nehemiah and his guys did to consistently every day do the work, because the reason they reached the day on October 2nd was the fact that the 52 days before that, every day they consistently got up in the face of criticism, in the face of challenges, in the face of discomfort, they did the work. They did the work to change. So what's gonna happen in every one of our lives if we follow God, because he's our agent of change. Every one of us who are in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. It is Jesus who does the change in our life. He just wants us to follow him. We just cooperate with them. And it's not like I'm gonna make the change. No, I'm just gonna keep doing what Jesus told me to do. And every day I'm gonna get up and do it again consistently. I'm gonna do it in the face of criticism. I'm gonna do it in the face of challenges. I'm gonna do it in the face of discomfort. I'm gonna get up again. And just like Nehemiah, what's gonna happen is you're gonna look around and it might not be October 2nd. It might not be November 3rd. It might not be January 7th, but you're gonna get up one day and look around and go, wait a minute. God changed my marriage. Like, I used to be addicted and I used to go back to that. And there was times like, I can't believe I went back to it again and I was so embarrassed and so ashamed of myself, but, but I just kept getting up and following Jesus. And wait a minute, I didn't go back to it this time. God changed me. God changed me in church. I wanna encourage you that God wants to change you. He wants to make your dreams come true. And if you will consistently just get up every day and do what you know he's telling you to do, you are gonna look back and go, wow, he changed me. And church, I wanna encourage you today. I wanna pray for you today because I believe there's a lot of you that you're in the middle of the fight. I don't know what day you're on, but you've been getting up and you've been making changes for so long and you feel like you're looking around and you're not seeing the change. I wanna encourage you that whether you're seeing it or not, things are happening. God is working on your behalf. Even when you can't see it, he's working on your behalf. So let me pray for you before you go today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the dreams that you've put in all of our hearts. Thank you for every brother and sister in this room today that, that God, you've encouraged us. And there's things in our lives we know we're not happy with. We wanna see change. We wanna see breakthrough and we're frustrated, God. And, and I pray right now that you would help each and every one of us, that you would rescue us 
Rescue us from a fear of man where we care about criticism. Rescue us from from a a quitting attitude anytime we're challenged. Rescue us from, from just serving ourselves and being comfortable every day of our lives. We don't want the results of that. Rescue us, God, and we pray that you would give us the strength to be consistent, to follow you day in and day out. And if we mess up tomorrow, give us the ability to get up the next day and follow you again. Because God, just like Nehemiah and his crew, we wanna look around and go, wow, I see that God actually changed me. I pray that blessing over each and every person in our church. I pray that you'd help us help our lives to not just be stuck the way that they've always been in the past. Thank you for your rescue, God. Be with us today and encourage us, we ask. And it's in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I love you, church. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.